It's Tuesday the 31st of January. Welcome to Afternoon Sport. My name's Shad Wicker, joined as always by Shane Lee. Shane, I'm gearing off to go to Perth tomorrow, mate. Any tips on what I should do other than going and watching the BBL? Well, the Scorchers are definitely playing over there in the final. I, um, I dare say against the, uh, the Sydney Sixers. But I tell you what, the Perth, I, I toured there many times. They're the most parochial... Um, supporters in the world. They love being Western Australian. Really? Yeah, they uh, they love talking about Western Australia. So <laughs> maybe just tell your jokes to them, mate, because <laughs> they don't like people from other states. Yeah, well, I know that like they're like rabid in terms of they love going out to stuff. They're pretty fun comedy crowds out there. I'm uh, cool. doing some shows uh, with a mate of mine called Shad and Pete Save the World. It's like a super interactive show that we do around the country this time of year. And it's Beautiful. like people put problems in the bucket and then, like, we solve them with guest comedians. So I'm hoping it'll get pretty loose. Uh, but, no, it should be exciting. And then it's my solo show, How I Almost Killed a Guy, which is touring around the rest of the country as well. Kicking off next month, Love actually, it. Shano. So it's pretty self-explanatory, the title. Well, exactly right. Um, do many people show up to that show? <laughs> <laughs> or do many people well, leave? <laughs> not many people leave, yeah. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> uh, look, hey, on the show today, we're going to be talking a bit of cricket, actually. A little bit of EPL news as well. Well, actually, soccer news. Great news for the soccer Roos. And we've got to get into some AFL and rugby league. So let's not waste any time. Let's get into it. In life, the most important thing is trust. Without it, everything is a lot harder in a quickly changing and turbulent time. Barclay Pierce Capital is a safe pair of hands, an organisation built on people. They understand you've worked hard to build your nest egg and their asset management business is tailored to suit your needs. Their services help grow your wealth in order to provide long-term safety and security for you and your family. BPC, just a phone call away. Afternoon sport. Are you thinking about making a podcast? If so, contact the Afternoon Sport Group. We'll make it easy. With the technical know-how and industry knowledge, we'll get your podcast up and running in no time. Get in touch via our website or email hello at afternoonsport.com. Well, look, the Aussie Open is uh, done and dusted, Shano, but uh, we're still getting some great stories about Novak Djokovic, the 10-time champion. And uh, his latest story sounds like, well, I mean, look, he was a bit intoxicated, like a lot of your stories, Shane. <laughs> well, going back, not, not this time in particular, but in 2023, <laughs> he's celebrating his title that he just won. Uh, but he said it was pretty much celebrated with media and, and doping controls. I've been there after a cricket match when you have to urinate and you have a, a nerdy guy just staring at your penis the whole time. It's very, very off-putting. And apparently back in 2012, because um, he was so dehydrated after that five-setter, they try, they try to give you more water so you can go to the toilet, therefore they can take the sample. Well, they started to give him beers, and he's a teetotaler, uh, Novak, back in 2012. Yeah. And to the point where he got that hammered um, – before he could urinate, he then crashed the volunteers' party, grabbed the mic and got on the on the stage and started singing Highway to Hell. I reckon he was the, the funnest guy ever. Yeah, well, what happened to the fun Novak? Because I remember this This was yeah. the Novak I remember, mm. like, you know, years ago. We would sing after a win on the court and stuff. Like, that was the Novak we knew and loved back when we were like, yeah, he's our champion. And now we're just like, no, he sucks. <laughs> yeah, well, look, I think he's gone through a bit, I think. But, um, yeah, he's definitely, uh, as you said, mate, he is a true champion. Ten-time winner of Australian Open. And as I said yesterday, I 
think he's going to win 25 to 26 uh, Grand Slams. Yeah, I don't think you're too far off there. Look, let's look at cricket. They had the Australian Cricket Awards last night. The Shane Warne Men's Cricketer of the Year Award was handed out as well. And it was a great speech as well by the winner. Yeah, it was when Kawaja won the inaugural Shane Warne Men's Player of the Year. That's for the Test Player of the Year. Uh, Usman Kawaja, what a, what a year he had. 1,020 test runs at 78.46. Um, but it was Steve Smith who won um, his fourth Allen Border medal. Um, you know, he scored 863 runs at 71. Mm. The third Australian player to win um, uh, four times. Uh, huge effort from him. Uh, other notable um, uh, winners was Beth Mooney. She won the Women's ODI Player of the Year. Um, and then went on to win the Belinda Clark medal, which is the equivalent of the Alan Border medal. Uh, and Matt Short from the Strikers won the Big Bash Player of the Year. So, um, yeah, a really, really good um, bunch of awards. Uh, and then they give away the Bradman Award, which is to the Young uh, Career of the Year, and that was by Lance Morris, a young fast bowler from Western Australia. So, well done to him. There you go. And also in other news as well, uh, for Australia's T20 World Cup defence, uh, a familiar name is on the cricketing side. Yeah, Alyssa Healy, she's back. Um, she said the last sort of few weeks with after her calf injury, so it's been one of, the, one of the toughest couple of weeks of her life. She's a very active girl. She loves the cricket, obviously. and uh, She's a huge golfer as well. Um, and she said it's really, really tough. But the good news is the calf is on, on demand and she will be there for our, our T20 campaign and she's a huge bonus to that side. And look, we touched on this uh, interesting Indian test coming up. The men's side wanting to try and continue this run of form when they were playing pretty much no hope is on home soil, let's be honest. But they're taking a different approach to try and end. I didn't realise this. 19-year hoodoo in India? Yeah, 2004 was the last time we won in India. Um, That was under Ricky Ponting's captaincy. The funny thing about that, Ricky Ponting actually didn't play that series. He was injured. And Adam Gilchrist captained the side to that um, historic win over there. But normally they go over there prior to the big test series in India and get used to the conditions. Well, this year they're not. They're not. They're flying literally just before the test match. They're going to North Sydney Oval and trying to prepare wickets similar to the subcontinent. Now, I don't know if this is going to work. I do understand their point. They're saying that when they go and play those trial games in India prior to the test match, they just produce really flat, normal wickets. And then you get into the test match itself and the wicket just starts to turn square so they're saying we know it's going to turn square let's prepare wicket here and go straight over and straight away and play straight away so let's see how that works I'm doubting it. Did you did you ever win in India, Shane? Um, yeah, we played uh, we played a number of one days over there. It's it's really really tough conditions. It's um, even the people in the crowd have biscuit tins and they use they mm. try and reflect the sunlight in your eyes when you're batting. <laughs> <laughs> What's their reaction when you win? Because we know they're like cricket mad, but they seem to be like universally cricket mad as well. Like, are they, they're not kind of like angry no. losers, are they? No, not at all. They're very respectful and they, they love a good um, uh, a good competition and they do respect when good cricket is played. And uh, it, it is, as I said, it's a it's a, a totally consuming place to play, but very, very rewarding when you win over there. Now look, stay with us because we're going to take a quick uh, break here and then we've got to chat some news in the AFL, NRL and more. The new Elite Bet app has arrived. It's got all the betting features you expect and new ones you're going to love. Elite Bet is your one stop shop on race day with Hot Bet, where you can back the tips of proven winning punters. Build fast sports multis and play same game multis. The Elite Bet app is the smoothest betting experience around. Trusted for 10 years, Elite Bet is 100% Australian owned. The only betting app you need this summer is Elite Bet. Gamble responsibly. 
Let's start things with the AFL. Look, Collingwood, they kind of were a bit of a surprise last year with how much they, uh, how late their run into the finals was. But they've made a bigger signing when it comes to off the field. This one was kind of pretty much known for quite some time. I think it was a dollar one at mm. the uh, TAB at one point. Craig Kelly will be joining uh, Collingwood, the former 1990 Premiership player. Yeah, he uh, he played 122 matches for Collingwood uh, between 1989 and 1996. It um, comes across from quite a senior role um, in a, uh, a media business. Um, mm. And he'll be a really, really good fit for that club. Look, they've had a lot of off-field issues from what's gone on in the past. Eddie Maguire being stood down. Um, Brown is now the chairman, and he'll come in as, as CEO. And I think those two together will run a pretty good show. Yeah, but you know what? I wonder about like conflict of interest because mm. his company that he was a part of represents – what yeah. is it like? A hundred and twenty players, and yep. you know, six coaches or whatever. It's like you know, miss me if you're saying that. Oh yeah, there's no conflict. As if he doesn't still have these people on speed dial and some <laughs> kind of influence on them. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if you see Collingwood bag a few like surprising signings while he's there. <laughs> Because he's managing to get onto the phone and be like, hey, we can do this little cheeky deal. But whatever, hats off to you, Collingwood. As a Carlton fan, I hope the whole place burns to the ground. <laughs> <laughs> hey, let's turn to NRL now, though. Uh, the NRL Players Union uh, probed at a major head trauma injury. Now, we've heard a few mm-hmm. big head trauma injuries at the moment. Concussion's been a big discussion, especially even in the off-season because of what we've been seeing happening in other uh, sports like the NFL. What's happening here? So this was an inquiry, um, and as you said, it was a probe into major head trauma injury, obviously concussion, um, and they got the the player um, operations manager from the NRL Players Union to speak on behalf. Now, I thought he answered this quite well. His name's Jamie Bura, um, but he told the inquiry that he basically doesn't have the education or the authority to make a medical uh, comment on this. He said, do we, know, do, we, do we think it's real? Yes, we do. Um, is that proven yet? We don't know, and it's not for me to say, but he knows it's an issue. So it wasn't a really big probe. It, it didn't really get any answers, but what he's saying is we need proper medical advice on this, and that only comes with time and, I suppose, um, looking into people's brains post, post, uh, post-mortem. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's it's kind of, it's such a weird, well, not weird, but it's like it's such a messy kind of topic. We do know that mm. concussions cause such, uh, like, horrible damage post-footballing careers because we only have to look at the extensive studies of NFL players. And, like, you know, I mean, you yep. can't tell me that the impact in a rugby league and an AFL game is any less than what they're doing on the on the field there. So I feel like there is the research there, but I think it's also a matter of this is the dark truth underneath it that no one really wants to address which is you playing a sport where there, there is no way of stopping this entirely and that's right and and where do the legalities lie and, and this is the big issue why i don't think they really want to address it because i'm mm. assuming if it is proven well then does that mean insurances go through the roof is it safe who's liable if you're a director of one of these football clubs and then someone is proven and is has brain damage are you personally liable as well so it's just a really really muddy thing yeah this is why the players are arguing so hard for the CBA to be changed yep. because they only get 12 months after they retire to get any kind of medical help from the NRL. So, 
you know, should change people's minds about what's happening there in rugby league. Let's have a look at rugby because this is a great story. Uh, I'm loving this story. Former All Blacks player Campbell Johnston has actually come out publicly in New Zealand television, 43-year-old prop, yep. played a bunch of tests for the All Blacks, and he has come out as gay. He has, and uh, a very brave thing to do, being the first All Black to come out. It's We know that that's such a, a macho and, and, and manly and and physical sport and for him to come out and be the first i love his comment he said um to him to do this he believes this is the the final piece of the puzzle for new zealand sport to really be totally open and honest with where they're going and um and good on good on him for doing that yeah great story out of uh the all blacks there and let's look at the nfl this has been consuming my mind over the last couple of days here shadow the super bowl has now been decided uh we're going to be seeing the kansas city chiefs taking on the philadelphia eagles it was two crazy games yesterday mate you had an absolute flogging the eagles destroyed the 49ers they had no answers after the uh they lost two quarterbacks in that game the 49ers so the eagles just ran all over them Mm. but the other game was so exciting it looked like it was going to go to overtime we were locked at 20 apiece it was the bengals versus the Chiefs, the Chiefs, Mahomes magic, an interesting call from the refs and a kick from Butker gets them across the line to get themselves another spot in the Super Bowl. And one of the moments I loved, and if we can get the audio here, Dan, the producer, this would be great, but um, is the moment where the Cincinnati Bengals, right, Mm -hmm. their mayor, okay, said in a press conference, put it out on social media, that uh, Joe Burrow, their quarterback, is Pat Mahomes, Chiefs quarterback's father. Good afternoon, Cincinnati. I have a proclamation from the desk of the mayor. Be it proclaimed, whereas the Cincinnati Bengals are headed to Burrowhead Stadium for their second consecutive AFC championship game. Whereas at last year's game, the Bengals scored more points than the Chiefs, resulting in a Bengals victory and a Chiefs loss. Whereas Joseph Lee Burrow, who's 3-0 against Mahomes, has been asked by officials to take a paternity test confirming whether or not he's his father. <laughs> Just a little bit of shade getting thrown out there. Jeez. Now, after the Chiefs beat after the Chiefs beat Burrow and the Bengals, yep. the Chiefs tight end calls him out afterwards with one of the biggest displays ever, calling him a jabroni, telling him to shut his mouth <laughs> as he's holding the trophy for the AFC Championship. you got to love American sport, mate. The bravado is unreal. Hey, I've got some wise words for that Cincinnati mayor. Know your role and shut your mouth, you jabroni. <laughs> Another thing to keep a note of as well here, we love hearing about Aussies. Yes. Uh, in American sports. So Jordan Mailata, he is with the Eagles, great left tackle there on the O-line. He has booked himself his spot in the Super Bowl as well. He's a key part of that offensive line. And if he wins in the Super Bowl, he'll be the second player, second Australian to do so, which is pretty exciting. And also you got the, the punter too, the former St Kilda AFL player that's sort of racing its time for his ankle injury to be hopefully playing uh, as well. Sippers. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so, I mean, it's good. It's just good to see. I mean, it's, you know what is fascinating as well, though, because it's usually punters that you see yes. getting a lot of uh, run in the in the NFL, obviously, AFL players that go over there. But, you know, the, la- the last guy to win a Super Bowl that was an Australian was uh, Jesse Williams, who was mm. also an O-lineman for the Seahawks. So, yeah, we've got some guys popping up in other positions. Yeah, good story, Jordan Mulata. Like, uh, like, failed sort of rugby career with uh, South Sydney. And, mate, he's huge. He's something like, what's he... 
um, 212 centimetres tall and about 100, <laughs> 160 pegs or something. He's massive. Right, they're giants there yeah. on the O-line. Hey, quick one to touch on before we uh, get out of here with golf. Uh, this is cool. Another game, <laughs> South Korean star takes down the men for a second time in Australian golf history. This mixed tournament produces surprises. Yep, the girls are... Dominating everywhere they go, um, but yeah, I think it's a fantastic thing that the the guys and girls can play against each other. And look, I'm not surprised that the game is handicapped, and um, and she played very very well. So why can't a girl be, be the guy? No problem at all with that. I think it's I, yeah. I really uh, like I, I really enjoy of all the sports to be able to do it. Golf is the no-brainer. It's a no to be able to have mixed competition. It's a no-brainer, and I know with the PGA here in Australia that they want more and more girls to be playing sport, and this is a really, really good thing to say. Hey, get out there, and you know, blokes always say, "Oh, we do a lot of business deals on the golf course." Well, why can't girls do that as well? Yeah, exactly. Now, quickly before we go, one last thing on golf. We thought it was over. Well, not over, but we thought it was quieting down. The Live Golf War explodes a little. Uh, Little something was caught on camera with McElroy. Yeah, this is a great story. So Rory McElroy and Patrick Reed have been having a bit of a, uh, a tit-for-tat sort of argument. One's <laughs> on the lift side. Well, Patrick Reed just threw a tee at Rory McElroy. <laughs> warming up. Oh, you, don't, you get, don't you get in my way. You'll throw some shade. No, I'm going to throw a tee at you. I'm going I'm, I'm to stick you in the foot and hurt your big toe. Yeah, Cop that, Rory. Just like- Cop that. Yeah, don't worry, mate. I, that'll really hurt. Yeah. I'll just pay my uh, surgeon the tens of millions of dollars I'm getting paid for live golf. Well, what are you making again? Yeah, sorry, mate. mate golf is such an aggressive <laughs> game. That's it for Afternoon Sport today, so make sure you hit follow, subscribe wherever you listen. And, of course, a big thank you to our sponsors. Our fantastic sponsors, Barclay Pierce Capital. They're only a phone call away. And, of course, big thank you to our producer, Dan McHugh. We'll see you back here tomorrow with your daily dose of sport. We'll see you then, guys. Take care. Thanks for listening to Afternoon Sport. If you enjoyed the show, why not check out one of our other podcasts, like the Building Resilience podcast. Noel Allnup, the CEO of Securo, explores the minds of world-class performers in order to deconstruct their life tools and ethos that can help us create growth and optimise business. Find it wherever you listen to podcasts or head to afternoonsport.com. Afternoon sport.